You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right. Uh, let's do a few for real or fugazis for those who are new to the podcast and are unfamiliar with this segment. I rapid fire a few statements that I read very confidently to John as if they are the truth. If they are the truth, in the opinion of one John McClain, he says for real. If he believes that the statement is complete BS, he says Fugazi. Fugazi, yes. Fugazi being Italian for counterfeit. All right. John, with all the head injuries, it's time. The Dolphins got to move on from Tua Tungavailoa. For real or Fugazi? Fugazi. Tua was playing too well between concussions. They need to monitor him uh, closely. Uh, he was playing great. And uh, But he's been hurt every year he's been in football, going back to when we first saw him in Alabama. So if you have Tua Tungabailoa on your team, you just know he's going to get hurt. And they got a proven backup in Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater's going to start Sunday at New England. And so uh, – but you certainly couldn't give up on him and have to get out there and get another one, especially when you've invested in wide receivers as much as they have. That is going to be a very interesting conversation in the offseason in Miami – about Tua's future because his two draft classmates, Joe Burrow and, and Justin Herbert, are probably, I'm guessing, they're getting contract extensions. You know, they'll be done with their third year. They'll be eligible for them. They've both performed at a level that would justify that. Tua has not performed at a level that justifies that over the aggregate. But to your point, he's been better this year, although they are eight and seven now. Like they're, they're closer to slipping out of the playoffs than they are to making noise in the playoffs, the Dolphins. I saw a great, uh, video and a graphic because they didn't know when he got hurt, but it showed him hit his head uh, when he was being tackled. Yep. And so they showed his stats before that play, which were really good. Mm -hmm. And after that play, which were really bad. That happened at Baylor, uh bowl game Baylor had. I wasn't paying attention other than I was mad at the quarterback, Blake Shapin, and a guy put out before he hit his head. Mm -hmm. This was his stats, and this was afterward. And that was two documented uh things I've seen in two games in which you couldn't argue with it. And uh you hope two is able to come back in the last game or in the playoffs because they're fun to watch when he's healthy. <laughs> completing the ball down the field. They just don't have a running game. No, they are. You're, you're right about that. Uh, they are, they're fun to watch. Those receivers are great. Uh, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are a whole lot of fun. All right. Next one, John, for real or Fugazi, Russell Wilson can't be fixed. Fugazi. I'm thinking that somebody, a good coach, if he were playing with Kyle Shanahan, would he be playing this bad? If he were playing with Sean McVay, would he be pathetic? No, I think we saw him, come to Houston last season, coming off, I think, thumb surgery, and he looked good, and the Seahawks won decisively, and he ended up with like 
23 touchdowns, six or seven interceptions. I just think that Nathaniel Hackett tried to make him do what Aaron Rodgers had done in Green Bay, and Hackett was a terrible coach. And I think if they get a good coach, like say Sean Payton thinks he can fix him, uh, I think that uh, he will. He may not be great. They think that he doesn't trust his legs anymore mm-hmm. to move around and find guys streaking across the field. But, you know, there's a way you can fix that. But, no, I think he wants to play into his 40s. He's got a long way to go and a lot of time to get fixed. Yep, no doubt. And he's getting a lot of money <laughs> to get fixed, ooh, for sure. Ooh. Uh, hey, I'll tell you something very strange to me. Yep. The CEO and one of the owners, Greg Penner, says that he's going to rely heavily on George Payton, the GM. Now, George Payton didn't get fired, and he says he's not going to get fired. But he's the one who engineered the trade with Seattle. He's the one that gave him the new contract. You'd think he's the one that get fired. When he was at Minnesota, he was a very respected personnel guy who had two or three interviews for GM. So then the CEO says that the new coach will answer to him, yeah, not to the general manager, George Payton. Now, a lot of t- coaches like Sean Payton have total control over personnel and the general manager oversees everything else and works like a, a personnel director. But when you say he only answers to me, you're just looking for trouble between your coach and GM because then the coach is going to run to the owner every time he wants something because he can't get it from the GM. Yeah. If they do that, it's a recipe for disaster unless somebody like Sean Payton says, well, I want this in my contract and I want it to, written this way. They're just cruising for another bruising. Yep, I agree with you. I thought I saw that story yesterday and I thought that was nuts. All right, John, next one for real or Fugazi. In a redraft of 2011, and I will read some names to you to back this up, as, although I'm sure you know these. In a redraft of 2011, J.J. Watt goes first overall. Absolutely. Cam Newton went first overall. He was an MVP, went to the Super Bowl, had one incredible 15 in one year. But what, and Von Miller was a great pick. Those mm-hmm. guys are going to the Hall of Fame. Nobody dominated for a period like Watt did. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a tremendous draft, but I think without a doubt, J.J. would be the first overall pick. 16, I, I, I kind of threw some numbers out there earlier about how many – pro bowlers there were in this class. And some of them wound up being Fugazi, you know, like Alden Smith for a variety of reasons. You know, Marcel Darius is not going to be confused with uh, with Aaron Donald anytime soon, but he did make a pro bowl. 16 of the top 16 players taken in this draft, John, the only ones to not make a pro bowl were the three non-Newton quarterbacks that were taken in this draft. Jake Locker, Blaine Gabbert, Christian Ponder. Those last two were picked before and after one Justin James Watt. Jake, Jake Locker was such a wasted pick by the Titans. I don't feel sorry for Christian Ponder because he's married to Samantha um, Steele. Yeah. Well, now yeah. Samantha Ponder. Yeah. Yeah. Samantha Ponder from uh, ESPN's pregame show. And then uh, who was the third one? Blaine Gabbert. Blaine Gabbert's still playing. Yep. He's had a long career. He's made a lot of money. He's going to get a great pension. So looking back, you would have to say that Blaine Gabbert was the best of those quarterbacks by far, even though he was not very good. 
Of those three, but again, Newton was the first overall pick in that draft. So, yeah. But of those three, yeah, Gabbert wound up being – yeah, Ponder was out of the league within a couple of years. So was Locker. I remember, John, I remember the Tennessee game, one of the Tennessee games in, in 2011 or 2012. I forget which. Um, but it was in NRG Stadium, Texans versus the Titans. And Jake Locker got knocked out of the game. He was a starting quarterback. And I the, the general reaction was, well, crap. I mean, it was nice to sack him, but you don't have to knock him out of the game. Now Matt Hasselback comes in, and the game all of a sudden is super close the rest of the day. He had concussion issues, and he retired. He he lives in Washington, mm-hmm. and he was married and had a kid. And here's here's my Jake Locker story. Okay, I do a lot of charity things in Nashville, and uh, I asked the Titans GM and coach to come. And at the time, uh, the coach was Ken Wisenhunt. And Rustin West, Rust, uh, Rustin Webster was the GM. Well, one of them, I think the PR guy asked Locker to come. So we were upstairs at the Hard Rock Cafe, and the charity was for Duchenne muscular dystrophy that only affects little boys. And if you get it, you're going to die. There's no cure. And there was a family there that introduced themselves to me, had two little boys, and they had started a foundation. So I did a charity deal with them and the Titans coach and GM for like seven years till the pandemic. And Jake Locker was there. And he, and I interviewed him for the fans. And I found out from a family that he had written them like a $2,500 check for their foundation before he left. Didn't tell anybody. Nobody ever found out about it. And so I thought, wow, I'm a Jake Locker fan for life. Yeah, that's a great story. That That's no doubt. That's really, really cool. Not a great quarterback, but that is a great no. story. Yeah, he, he had serious accuracy issues, but... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. John, this class, this draft class is amazing. I like how I'm looking at this. You are part of the Hall of Fame selection committee. I'm just going to rapid fire these and just tell me yes or no. Gut feeling. Cam Newton. No. I say no. Uh, Von Miller. Yes. AJ Green. No. Patrick Peterson. Yes. Julio Jones. Boy, there'll be a lot of argument about him, but late in his career, he's really struggled with injuries. I'd have to say he's borderline. Okay. Had he stopped like three years ago and finished his career, he'd have been in for sure. But when you keep playing and you're not very good for whatever reason, I think it hurts your candidacy. That's I I was going to say that earlier, John, when you were like, you know, JJ had injuries and that's going to get brought up against him. And my feeling was if he had just retired after his third defensive player of the year, he probably goes into the hall of fame also on the first ballot. He's also going to have eight full seasons. Yeah. Played full 16 games. And one of the things I'll look up in case somebody brings that up is how many defensive ends have played eight full seasons. Yeah, no, that's fair. Out uh, of t- 12. Because some guys played 15 years. Yep. But if anybody played 12, how many of them made eight? Tyron Smith. Uh, No, he's been hurt too much. Okay. Richard Sherman. 
Boy, Sherman has got a good chance because he played two Super Bowls, one one. He was the team leader, very outspoken. He's always in the consciousness. I'm going to say he's borderline. Yeah, I, he to me, he was the best cornerback in football, or at least an argument for it, for about a three or four year period. That's usually that's usually good for me. I'm just kind of thumbing down the the, the list here of guys. I mean, you're start, I'm starting to get in deep into the weeds here, but those. So, so you think probably. Sounds like probably three or four Hall of Famers out of that class. And could be a couple more. Could and, be. Uh, but it was a hell of a draft. It was. Not the 74 Steelers who drafted <laughs> uh, four, four Hall of Famers and signed free agent fifth Hall of Famer yeah, no, in one draft. In one draft for one team. That's incredible. Um, all right, a couple more, John. For real or Fugazi, Ed Reed is the next Deion Sanders at the head coaching position in college football. Fugazi, Ed Reed was a great player. And and I remember when he was here in 2011, Rick Smith brought him in at the expense of uh, Glover Quinn. Yeah, 13, 2013. He yep. went to the Pro Bowl with the uh, Lions. Yep. And he was nothing but trouble for Wade Phillips, telling players what to do and all that. Now, maybe that means he'll be a great, great uh, player. He was coming off. A hip surgery where Dion, when I used to have scouts that would go to the Florida State's practices and talk about how hard he worked, he'd go through a drill, then he would cut in line to do it again quicker. And he just keep wanting to do it over and over and over. And they tell him, hey, Dion, you got to let some of these other guys do it. But I'm still surprised he's been as good as he's been. And lightning striking twice with, with those guys, maybe, but I'm going to say he's not the next Dion. No, for those who don't know, he just got offered the job at Bethune-Cookman so uh, and agreed to, in principle, to a deal. So Ed Reed is going to be a college head coach. I'm just so jaded by his one season here, John. Like, I, you know, I hear all, he's obviously a great player. I know that. Hall of Fame level player. I'm just so jaded by his whole act when he was here, you know, just – he got surgery two months after signing the deal. He didn't criticized. tell the Texans about it. Yeah, just I thought I, like I thought he was a horrible football citizen in his one year here. And so when I listened this morning, like I listened to Damon Amanda Lara this morning before our show on CBS Sports Radio, and he's talking about how Ed Reed is this bastion of football. Like, oh, if huh, if I needed a babysitter, uh, like on a pinch, I would call <laughs> Ed Reed. Like he literally said that. I'm like, are you kidding me? This guy got 50 grand stolen out of the front of his car. Uh, you'd want him watching your kids. He couldn't even watch his own money. <laughs> so um, I felt like calling Damon when he was saying those things, but I had a show to get ready for. All right, last one, John. Carlos Correa related. Um, because of the doctors for the New York Mets finding issue with Carlos Correa's surgically repaired right leg, the San Francisco Giants are off the hook. I think the Giants are off the hook, and it shows that they didn't do it just because they got cold feet on so much money. And even though the agent, Scott Boris, is leaking that three other teams are interested, I don't think Steve Cohen, the owner of the Mets, who doesn't care about hundreds of millions of dollars, is going to let him get away. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, all right. So, John, that was for real or Fugazi. Uh, what do you got going on on your uh, various platforms? On uh, Gallery Sports, I have a column on J.J. White. Not so much about the numbers, although I do have some numbers, but most just my favorite stories of water away from football. And then uh, I've got uh, on SportsRadio610.com, it starts with White. And then I get into, like you and I just talked about, 
Ogbo, Karankwo, and some of the players who are playing well right now and so the, how, how people should be confident and look forward to next season with all these rookies on defense. 